you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. song. Thank you for watching us this morning, letting us connect with you via social media. At the conclusion of this message today, we're going to have a moment that we are going to be receiving communion. And we want you to participate with us. For many of our CLC members, you are already prepared. And if you're watching online and not prepared and would like to receive communion with us, if you have items in your home that you could prepare very quickly because I don't want you to miss the message. But I want you to participate with us today. It's such an honor, such an honor to celebrate Easter together online. How I wish we were together as a body, but online is going to suffice today. I posted a picture on Friday of my family in 1970 on Easter Sunday. My father was pastoring a church in East Texas. And there we were outside with a family gathered together. And I was two years old holding my Easter basket, getting ready to enjoy some fun times with my family and church friends. And so today... This is going to suffice for us, but this is not going to be forever. We're going to be back together again. I I hate to jump on the cliche bandwagon, but the church doesn't need to be dismayed because the church building is empty today. As a matter of fact, Satan needs to be in panic mode because the tomb is empty today. Jesus is alive. They buried him. For three days, and they thought they had won. But he came forth triumphant, carrying the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Amen. The church doors 
maybe have been closed for four Sundays. And we may have a few more ahead of us before we open the church doors again. But be of good courage. The church will come forth victorious every time. The church is alive and well. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 9, if you have your Bibles and would like to read. Hebrews chapter 9, and I'm going to read one verse that I think is very fitting today. Hebrews 9 verse 22. And almost all things are by law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood is no remission. By the help of the Lord today, I want to speak into your hearing a message titled, The Blood of the Overcomer. The Blood of the Overcomer. Just a few days ago, on March 6th, 36-year-old Jason Garcia of Escondido, California, began to feel sick. And on March 14th, Jason received confirmation that he had tested positive for COVID-19. He spent nearly 15 days inside his home, confined to his office and guest room. On March 23rd, he received a letter from the county of San Diego saying that it was safe for him to start with the process of coming out of isolation and rejoining with the free world. Five days later, he emerged from his home, and I love what he said. In his words, in the article that I read, said that he claimed victory over this deadly virus. I won, he said, over COVID-19. Around the same time, health officials at St. Joseph's Hospital in Orange County, California, began looking for someone who had recovered from COVID-19 to help with an experiment, potentially an experimental treatment that could potentially save lives of people who had been stricken by the coronavirus. So they asked Jason for a plasma donation to be given to patients who were in poor condition and unresponsive to other treatments. And Garcia said, yes. As of last Sunday, April the 5th, Jason Garcia said the doctors told him that all of the patients who received the infusion have since improved. This could be a huge breakthrough for mankind. I find it amazing that by the blood of one who overcame COVID-19, many have the potential to overcome COVID-19. There is power in the blood of the overcomer. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 19, the scripture says, By one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. The writer of Hebrews explains to us in our text that it is impossible for the sin of any man to be forgiven without the shedding of blood. 
This truth has been known since the first generation of mankind. As soon as man sinned, God taught man that he needed a sacrifice. Adam and Eve, after they had sinned, tried to clothe themselves with fig leaves, but that was not a sufficient covering. Soon God made the first sacrifice and killed two animals shedding their blood and God covered them in the skins of those animals for clothing. The animals' lives were sacrificed to cover their sin. When the sons of Adam, Cain and Abel brought forth sacrifices, Cain brought forth a sacrifice from the toil of his hands, the fruit of the earth, but Abel, Abel brought forth a sacrifice of the blood of an animal and the two learned very quickly that the only sacrifice that God could accept was a blood sacrifice. Cain tried to take blood out of the equation for for sacrifice. But Scripture tells us that to Cain, his sacrifice of the fruits of the earth, God had no respect. There was a man in Scripture by the name of Job who lived even before Noah, Abraham or Isaac. The Bible records that he offered sacrifice for his children because he feared that they had offended God while they were feasting. He didn't think, nor did any of those ancient men who feared God think of finding any acceptance with God and forgiveness for their sins without the shedding of blood. As a matter of fact, the concept of sacrifice is universally held Whatever cultures you want to research, wherever there is any concept of God, you're going to find sacrifice in some form. In some form of their worship, there will be sacrifice. When the Old Testament law was finally revealed to man, it was again confirmed that blood sacrifice for sin would be necessary. The Lord dedicated the 27 chapters of the book of Leviticus to explain to the Hebrew people how he wanted them to worship him. From the very first thought in the very first chapter, there is a mention of a blood sacrifice. In the book of Leviticus alone, there are 89 references to blood. That is in just one book out of 66 books that make up our Bible. If you're to go back in time and visit the tabernacle of the Old Testament, the most prominent thing about the tabernacle that would capture your attention would not be the golden laver or the golden candlestick but the co- or the covering of skins. But the thing that would impact your senses the first and the thing that would impact your senses the most would be the presence of blood. I don't know if any of you realize that the tabernacle, which was praised for its beauty, how it must have looked, At the end of a day, the holy edifice must have needed constant cleaning because of the continual sacrifices that were offered there and because of so much of the service in the tabernacle consisted of the shedding and the sprinkling of blood. The most sacred thing that a worshiper could do in the Old Testament era involved the presentation of blood before God. And that's just the thought. 
that I feel God wants us to retain in our mind on this Easter Sunday. Our text in Hebrews 9 and 22, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There is a remarkable story detailing the discovery of a doctor by the name of Felix Rue. He lived in the early 1300s in Europe during a time of what was known as the Black Plague or Black Diphtheria. His name was Dr. Felix Rue. Dr. Rue was one of the truly outstanding physicians of his day, renowned today after his great discovery. One by one, he witnessed by the thousands those who died the dreaded disease of black diphtheria. It conquered young and old alike and once presented itself in a hospital ward, almost everyone in the ward would face certain death. Eventually, this horrible plague made its way into Mr. Rue, Dr. Rue's own household when his granddaughter became infected with this cruel disease. The man with all the training and all the expertise in the medical field was helpless as he watched in horror as his granddaughter eventually succumbed to the dreaded disease of black diphtheria, knowing that it would only be a matter of time until the entire continent would be wiped out. He was desperate to find a cure. He became so radical and so desperate to find a cure for this horrible plague that he crossed the lines of the medical field in that day and he lost his license to practice medicine, driven to find a cure. He built a lab in the woods outside of Paris and continued his study. He thought that perhaps he could find some animal that could survive the plague. And by studying that animal, he could discover an antidote that could stop the spread of the silent and invisible killer. He looked out into the field around his farm and he saw his own horses and he had an assistant round up all of his horses. He took a vial of deadly toxin and he infected all 18 of his personal horses. Eventually, all but one of the horses succumbed to the plague and died. The final horse wearily laid down, which was a sign that it was near the ending of its life. Most of his observers thought the experiment had failed. And the, the story says that 17 of the 20 picked up their items and they went home. The doctor overcome with sadness and exhaustion and frustration, alerted his, three, his two assistants that were left that he was going to lie down in his bed and get some rest. And he asked the assistant if he would alert him when the final horse died. Hours later, Mr. Rue, Dr. Rue was awakened by the assistant, but instead of the news coming that the horse had died, the assistant said, Doctor, the horse got up. Within a short while, the horse recovered and overcame the disease. Dr. Rue 
drew blood from the veins of that horse and went to the medical ward in Paris that held some 200 babies. And when they told him that he could not be there, he ignored everything they said. Without medical license to practice, he stormed into the medical ward and he inoculated all 200 babies with a vial of the blood of the overcoming horse. And the story tells us that all except three of those babies survived the black plague because they had encountered the blood of the overcomer. The only hope for those with black diphtheria was to have an encounter with something that had overcome black diphtheria. And the only hope for your sin and for mine is that we have an encounter with the one that overcame sin, death, hell and the grave I want you to know COVID-19 is no problem for God your addiction is no problem for God whatever you battle with is no problem for God your temptation is no problem for him for he was tempted in all points like as we are yet found without sin he overcome it You must have an encounter with the blood of the overcomer. And our text tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. God literally robed himself in flesh to become our sacrificial lamb. God himself came down from glory into this wretched world in the form of of a human body to become sin for us. He came down to his own creation to become the sacrifice. It was the only way that sin could ever be abolished because Hebrews tells us that the blood of oxen and goats and bullocks and lambs would never have been able to make a way for your sin and for mine. But oh, the blood of Jesus, Hebrews said, is a better way. There is a better plan. He took upon himself a human body, spotless and without the sinful curse of Adam. And here on earth, He lived as a man, a perfect man. He was God in creation, in the body of flesh and blood. The Son of God and yet the Son of Man. The only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And when he had reached the appointed time, he offered himself upon an old rugged cross as the ultimate sacrifice for the atonement of sin because he knew you and I wouldn't be able to make it on our own. He knew you and I were going to need a Savior and he overcame and gave his blood for us so that when we encounter his blood, we can overcome. Our death sentence has been abolished, has been taken away, has been taken out of play. And only By the shedding of blood is there remission for sin. Our text in Hebrews declares that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Yet, 
In Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, it tells us that baptism is for the remission of sins. I understand. Some would look at this and perhaps ask a question. Is it the scripture contradicting itself? But oh, I hear a harmony in the word of God. It's a beautiful song of harmony in the word of God. There is no contradiction in the Holy Writ. If our sins are remitted in baptism, then baptism is clearly where the blood of Jesus is applied to our lives. Oh, I want to tell you today that if you have never repented of your sins, and if you have never been baptized in the only name that will save you, that is in the name of Jesus Christ. We have a baptistry prepared. We have robes ready. All you need to do is comment in, in, in that comment section online right now, and somebody will set up an appointment. I'll meet you here today and baptize you. Or at your first convenience, we'll come and baptize you in the name of Jesus and the blood of the the overcomer will be applied to your life and sin and all of its stain will be broken off of you. You'll never do it on your own. You'll never accomplish it in any other way. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And the good news today is this. That the blood of Jesus, the blood of the overcomer is available to you today. I quickly draw to a close this morning. Thank God for this incredible Easter celebration. For this service even online. Thank God for the freedom to be able to worship. As has already been stated, I'm certain that there would be a missionary in China that would love to have access to the web to be able to declare this wonderful one God message. We don't know what persecution is. Here we are today, worshiping in the freedom of our own homes, worshiping together online, and soon coming back together to worship in freedom of public assembly in the house of the Lord. Thank God for this Easter celebration. He laid down his life. But on the third day, the Bible said he arose. He got up. He was victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And I want you to know that you can overcome because he overcome. We can overcome the world because he overcame the world. We can overcome evil because he overcame evil. You can even overcome death. That's right. You can overcome death because he overcame death. Our promise and our hope of eternal life. No matter what happens in the here and the now, we're promised a few days and the writer James says it's going to be a few days and full of trouble. 
but I want you to know because he resurrected from the grave that tells me that no matter what we face in this life even death we can overcome it if we have the blood of Jesus applied to our life on that great getting up morning we're going to rise to meet him in the air he's offering it to you freely today it's yours for the asking he came to give you life he came so that you can be free. Oh, come on, worship the Lord where you are today. Open your mouth and just give him praise. Don't mind, right in your living room today, would you declare a hallelujah to the Lord today? Oh, come on, let's just worship him for a moment. Worship him for a moment. By your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected King resurrecting me in your name I come alive to declare your victory the resurrected king is resurrecting me by your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat the resurrected king is resurrecting me in your
Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 12 says, At that time we were without Christ, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in this world. Maybe, maybe it's our choices that have kept us from God. Maybe it's our conduct, our morals that have separated us from Him. For whatever reason, maybe we've just chosen to live a life that is separated from God. But there's no reason to live any longer separated from Him. What a miserable way to live in this world. But Ephesians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul gives us some hope. He says, but now, in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off, are made nigh, not because of who we are, not because of our good deeds, but made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. David, in Psalm 51, it gives us a detail of his prayer after he had failed God. David said, have mercy on me, O God. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. He was praying for God to cleanse him and wash him. He said, for I acknowledge my transgressions and, and my sin is ever before me. I see it every day. I'm weak. I'm human. I'm, I'm prone to failure. Against thee and thee only, he says, I have sinned and done this evil in our sight. And in verse 7, David says, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. But then he doesn't stop there with just purge me with hyssop that I can be clean. He says, Wash me that I can be whiter than snow. This is a beautiful parallel of the act of repentance. Purge me with hyssop. And then a beautiful example of baptism. Wash me that I can be whiter than snow. So it's repentance and baptism. It's the turning away from sin and it is the washing away of sin. Certainly, the remittance of sin requires blood. If you're joining us online and you've never repented, this would be a good time to repent and just say, God, I'm sorry for all that I've ever done, my sin, my wrong. I'm weak, I'm human, I have failed, I have willful sin, and Lord, I have done wrong. But God, you're a faithful and just God and you're willing to forgive that sin. And God, I repent right now for my sin. And I recognize my need for you as my Savior. 
God, I thank you for your forgiveness. If you prayed a prayer similar to that and you meant it with all of your heart, God heard that prayer. And that is a prayer of repentance. You pray it in your own way. You take as much time with it as you need. But when you repent, he's faithful and just to forgive sin. But then his word tells us that when we're baptized in the name of Jesus, that the guilt that is associated with that sin is washed away. There's no real work in the water other than that through faith. But it is the redemptive blood of Jesus Christ that removes and remits those sins. We all need a Savior. We all have sinned. And we all need the redemption that comes only by His blood. So today we participate in communion. Because first of all, it's commanded of the Lord. We do this in remembrance of Him. And we reflect on Calvary, remembering the price that He paid for our sins. And we remember His death and His shed blood. And we anticipate His soon return. And by doing so, we, we acknowledge our need for Him I'm unworthy. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve your broken body. I don't deserve the shed blood. But by grace and mercy, with a heart seeking for forgiveness and my willingness to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, I have a promise of eternal life. The resurrection that we celebrate today is that new life. It's celebrated through the infilling of His Spirit that is your promise once you have been baptized in the name of Jesus. If you're taking communion with us, take your bread because we need his broken body. Reading from Luke chapter 22 and verse 19, and he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it unto them saying, this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me. Take the bread in remembrance of the body of our Lord, which was broken for us. Hallelujah. 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 Likewise, also the cup after supper, say in this cup, is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you. This cup represents the blood of our risen Savior. Take the cup in remembrance of Him. You thought I was worth saving. Oh, hallelujah. So you came to change my life. Right there you are. Let your heart say thank you to God. You clean me up inside. Thank you. You thought I was to die for. Oh, yes.
just take a moment and just thank him? Oh, he's been so good to us. Let's take this moment and praise him.